Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. A special guest joining me this afternoon. We've got the NRL physio, Brian. How are we, mate? Hey, good to be on. Teamless Tuesday. Let's uh, get into it. Yeah, and I will just say from the top, obviously it is Teamless Tuesday. Uh, I'll be dropping this this afternoon. So I would say that by the time a lot of people are listening, Teamless have probably dropped. Thankfully, we know what's going on with Nathan Cleary, but some other guys, there is still a little bit of mystery uh, surrounding people listening. They will have uh, the advantage of hindsight. So just keep that in mind. Uh, but Brian, mate, it's been a, you know, I was about to say it's been a big year. It's been a big fucking eternity for you, realistically. It just seems to get bigger every single year, mate. Yeah, mate. Yeah, it um, keeps going up and up. My uh, time keeps getting stretched further and further, mate. But uh, look, I enjoy it, as I'm sure you do. Um, you know, doing doing this kind of stuff, it's, it's what we're passionate about. So, uh, yeah, no, look, I, like, I'm, I'm not going to be stopping anytime soon because uh, I still do enjoy it. And, mate, before we do get into all these injuries that we've got to talk about, how's the uh, Supercoach team shaping up at the moment? <laughs> Mate, uh, the classic team, look, as you know, I'm a big drafter. So I've done a couple of drafts. I'm in about three or four draft leagues. I'm pretty happy with my draft team. Um, I, my classic team, I, I probably haven't like looked at classic too heavily just yet because I've been in draft mode. Uh, but I think once team list, I'm a big believer in sort of wait until team list and then kind of going from there. So I'll be forming my classic team over the next couple of days, I think. Who was your uh, three or four uh, number one picks in your draft leagues? I love, love, love getting Josh Schuster at value at the moment. Um, we'll talk about him soon, but I, I really do think that people got scared off by his um, his injury. Uh, another guy who have been grabbing a lot late is Tane Milne, who uh, I was just reading before has jagged a, uh, a wing spot over Josh Mansell. So big fan of him. Um, and then who was the other one? Oh, I just love getting love getting the likes of Teddy for feeder. I know they're you know big guys, but I just think they're going to go to um, you know go to new heights this season. 
Mate, let's get stuck into some of these injuries, and we're going to headline with two guys uh, who have got those big heights. First one is Nathan Cleary. Uh, a bit of news getting around today that it looks like he's going to be out until at least round three. Tell us about the Nathan Cleary injury and where we stand. Yeah, mate, a bit of a surprise. Like, um, I had him pegged to sort of come back in round one, A, because that's, you know, within the usual usual time frame. Usual time frame is about four and a half to six months, and, and round one's just over five months for him. And, look, Penrith have got a pretty – I mean, we saw how many, how, how many blokes they had sort of playing through things towards the end of last season. They're, they're pretty aggressive with their recovery, recovery timeline. So, A, you know, the, it was within that normal range, but B – all the news coming out of Penrith uh, was he's looking good. You know, I, I just went back to check that I wasn't taking crazy pills, but Cleary did an interview less than a week ago saying, yep, round one's the plan. Um, it's looking good. I'm doing contact training, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, yeah, come out today that he's going to be out for a further month, which is quite significant. Um, I think, you know, like obviously people will be like, oh, three weeks without Cleary for Supercoach. But I think from a, an injury standpoint, it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a shock from my perspective, to sort of see such an extended um, extended range he, he was ruled out for. So whether he's had like a little, you know, setback, he might have had some soreness like during a contact session or something like that. Um, but look, obviously for his long-term, you know, hopes and, and Penrith long-term hopes, the more conservative they can be, the better. Um, I think what a lot of people will be listening for is, you know, what's he going to be like when he returns? There's minimal concerns there. Very, very low re-injury rate, and he'll be fine performance-wise once he comes back. Yeah, mate, really surprised me. I, I spoke to him about five weeks ago and sort of said, how are you looking? And he said, yeah, no, I'll, I'll be fine. Just got to get through contact. But he sort of blew it off like it wasn't really going to be an issue for him. And then when I heard Penrith echoing that over the last three weeks, I thought, fuck, he's definitely going to be there round one. So uh, it certainly has rattled a lot of Supercoach players, a lot of Penrith fans as well. Uh, now, this one's very close to my heart. So uh, take that into consideration. Ryan Pappenhausen, <laughs> he was my number one pick this year. Um, been out on the golf course, been doing this, been doing that. A lot of talk around Pappy. I'm sort of expecting him to be named this afternoon. And as I said off the top, a lot of listeners will probably know if he is named or not when they're listening to this. Where do we sit on Pat, mate? Yeah, mate, uh, this is going to keep me honest. You know, here I am sort of talking just before the name list. And as you say, it'll all be uh, bad once everybody listens to it. I, look, I expect him to be named. As soon as he got injured, I expected him to be fine. Um, I had... You know, you had the information coming out of the storm being like it's a minor lateral ankle sprain, which is not our syndesmosis injury that we stress about. Um, I had someone, I even know someone within the storm. I don't have too many connections, but I do know someone within the storm and their, their information was exactly the same. No big deal, nothing to worry about. But then the last couple of weeks we've had this, oh, he's a bit ginger, he's 50-50. Mate, a lateral ankle sprain, even the highest of high-grade lateral ankle sprains, you're looking at three to four weeks return to play. Um, it's now been seven and a half, eight weeks since he injured it. So unless there's some sort of silly buggers going on there that they're not telling us about, say, a, you know, a syndesmosis injury or something like that, which I really don't think is the case, I, I suspect that it's much, mostly coach speak and that he'll be fine and, and I don't have too many concerns with him. But as I said, we'll, uh, we'll be held to account this afternoon. Mate, is is the the fact that he was playing around a golf the other day, playing eighteen holes? Is that just <laughs> myself and every other supercoach person looking way too far into this, or does it say something? Hey, looking too far into it, unfortunately, mate. It's um, one of those things where the main concern with an ankle injury like this is change of direction, jumping, landing, that kind of thing. So 
unless he's jumping down into a plenty of bunkers, which I tend to do when I play golf, um, no, I think uh, I think it won't tell you much about it until the team list come out this afternoon. Not the answer I wanted, but we will continue. Let's look over at uh, the New Zealand Warriors, and it seems to be a bit of a doomsday prediction there with Tohu Harris. We're hearing round eight. I even heard round ten last night. Uh, mate, where do you sit on Tohu? I, I know you've got him coming back a little bit earlier. Mate, could we see him named in an hour and a half or so? Mate, look, look, this is a funny one in that, look, a lot of what I do is based on A, usual timeframes, but B, reading between the lines of information that comes out. So I know the general timeframes of what people have. Also, I'll get information like, say, on Cleary, he's doing contact training. I know in my mind where that is in the recovery, you know, like landscape, and I kind of can predict it from there. Now, with Tohu... It, it's polar opposites in that the usual recovery time, the average for NRL players is about seven and a half months post-surgery. Seven and a half months post-surgery for Tohu Harris is round one. So the fact that you're looking at average time frame round one, everything, uh, like everything coming out of the Warriors is round eight to 10, mid-May. And I'm going, we literally haven't seen an NRL player come back over nine months it like in, well, I think it's the last three or four years, unless they've had a multi-ligament knee injury, which Tohu's wasn't. So I kind of go, well, okay, we've got the usual time frame down one end. We've got the information coming out of the Warriors down the other. I've kind of gone with my gut and I've split the difference, and I'm expecting him around that round three to five kind of range. Um, so that's kind of where I'm planting my flag at the moment, just in between those two. Look, I would not at all be shocked if he was named this afternoon if I hadn't heard anything because seven and a half months is completely normal like if he got named this afternoon any like you know headlines that were early returned from an ACL injury would just be false because seven and a half months is the average people come back before that in the NRL half the people come back before that so yeah it is one of those things where the information is all over the shop the Warriors are typically pretty smokes and mirrors but yeah I'm looking at round three to five based on sort of you know splitting the difference between those two he's probably one of the more interesting guys on this list because the domino effect of Tohu playing I mean that could impact one of three guys at the Warriors all three guys people are interested for super coach and in draft leagues are also going to be key so the Tohu one we'll all be watching that one very very closely Mate, the manly back rowers, Schuster and Olakowatu. Now, Olakowatu, I drafted. I've been keeping an eye on all the golf courses over there uh, near the peninsula. I have not seen him running around, so I'm completely lost here. Where are these two sitting? Yeah, mate, Olakowatu, there has been zero info since, like, a offhand comment from Dez post-match saying he has subluxed his, subluxed his elbow. Um, he has a history of um, instability there after dislocating it last year, so... Look, I, uh, at the moment, it's sounding like round three to four. I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to sneak back a little bit earlier. I'd be surprised if he does come back today or this afternoon. He's named this afternoon. But, yeah, anywhere around that sort of, you know, round two to four-ish kind of range. And then Josh Uster, as I said off the top, look really, really confident with him. A lot like syndesmosis injuries um, are one of the, the biggest buy-low opportunities I find, especially talking draft leagues, because... People who have most injuries, they hear surgery, they freak out. Mate, it's one of the most predictable injuries. You're going to see 90, over 95% of NRL players come back within six to eight weeks. So you and your head are, are very, very confident in, you know, what the time frame is going to be. And then also when guys come back, they perform really, really well. So there's only been a couple of guys, I think two in the last five years, who've come back from those most injuries and actually decreased their super coach scoring. And if they maintain a similar role and similar minutes, 
so yeah, so Schuster, like I, I was getting in, you know, around six-ish in, in some drafts, which I was just taking that to the bank. I was really happy with that. I will say this about manly injuries. God, it must be nice for you to not be answering any questions about Kieran Foran. It's been quite some time since you've oh, had mate. to. 100%. I, I wrote that in my injury profile during the, the preseason. He's actually been doing really, really well. I think the work he's doing, you know, uh, alongside Tommy Turbo, it's um, yeah, fantastic to see. Mate, let's talk about two pretty tough hombres down from the Cronulla Sharks. First of all, Wade Graham, the skipper. Uh, I mean, I came into this season with a lot of worries about Wade Graham with head knocks and whatnot, uh, but he has picked up an injury pretty early. Uh, this could open up a door for guys like Tig Wilton, Sifatelikai. There's a few fellas there. Tell us about Wade Graham. When can we expect to see him return? So he's a Sindersmosis injury as well. So he'll be looking at six to eight weeks. So I think that's about round five-ish kind of range, his return. Once again, fairly predictable. Um, him coming back, you have minimal concerns with his um, performance. But as you say, look, like to be honest with you, sitting here today, I'm not even really concerned about his ankle. It's more his concussion issues that, um, that you know, are just going to be an ongoing concern. Tell me about Cam McInnes, mate. Obviously arrived at the Sharkies. Uh, everyone was very excited for him. A lot of super coach players very keen on him. Then we got the shock news two weeks ago that he'd missed the first four rounds or so. What can you tell us about Cam McInnes? Hey, the one thing saving McInnes is, is his gameplay style. So, look, he's a player that doesn't rely on, you know, explosive change of direction, you know, like speed, acceleration, those kind of things. He's there to make your tough tackles, you know, your tough runs, those kind of things. Because this is an injury, A, already coming off an ACL injury is tough. Guys do tend to, you know, take a bit of time to get back to the swing of things in their first season back. But now he's had this little knee cleanup as well, which is never a good sign on the knee that you've actually just had surgically reconstructed. To have to have another surgery on top of that to get it right. So, yeah, he's someone who I'm kind of definitely avoiding a wait and see. He's even a, like, you know, a buy low because even if he comes back, you know, sort of, you know, for the first four to six weeks, he's probably not going to have a massive workload. That's when I'd be looking at the buy low opportunity because maybe after that first four to six weeks, he starts to build up a little bit. But I think people who've drafted him or picked him up, you know, pick him up immediately in classic will probably be a bit underwhelmed because I'd say he'll, he'll start slow getting back into things. Mate, you'd have to assume so. Before we get to our next guy, mate, you just mentioned your injury profiles you've been doing. Tell us all about this and how people can get their paws on them. Yeah, mate. Look, I went through. I mean, there's only a couple of days to go till the till the season kicks off. But um, I went through and did uh, over 250 sort of injury profiles. It's big in the NFL kind of fantasy landscape. There's a lot of guys over there who do what I do, and they you know provide a lot of content around different players and what you can expect. Not just you know your basic six to eight weeks out. It's the stuff that we're talking about right now. What's the performance like on return? What are you talking about about re-injury risks? Those kind of things. And that can give you an edge as a fantasy or a super coach play, you know, in terms of picking up a guy before he pops or, you know, he might be down a little bit, but there's a reason for that. So, you know, you can pick him back up at his lowest price and ride the wave back up to the top. So patreon.com slash NRL physio, uh, jump in, it's, it's five bucks. And uh, yeah, you get over, I think it's over 25,000 words of injury analysis on guys. And I think it'll help you, you know, really help you pick your teams a lot more efficiently. Like you're selling yourself short at a uh, fiver there just quietly. Yeah, mate. Look, it's a, it's my first dip in the toe in the water, mate. I mean, what I've done for so long has been free, which I like. You know, I appreciate and I, I like doing because I enjoy it. But this is the first thing that I've kind of you know really sunk my teeth into. So I thought put a base price on it, see see what the interest like, and we'll go from there. 
It could well and truly be the best asset you can have in Supercoach, realistically. So I advise everyone, go and get around that. Mate, another guy that's uh, picked up an injury over the last two weeks, devastating for the Canberra Raiders, Jamal Fogarty. Uh, I'm very high on young Brad Schneider. So I'm. Uh, there's, there's a bit of a silver lining to this one for me. Tell me about the Fogarty injury. The Canberra Raiders, they've got a bit of a history of uh, going overs on their injury returns. They've said four months for Fogarty. What are you sort of anticipating? Mate, it was an interesting couple of hours for Canberra Raiders fans. I know we're in a bit of a chat with a few, and then it went Too from many. you know a message. Too oh, bloody mate, many of them. Like, <laughs> well, I remember you know one hour it was uh, oh this season's over. I hate this sport, and within you know ninety minutes it was how good's Brad Schneider going to be when he wins Dally M. <laughs> so it was uh, a quick turnaround for those boys, but. Um, yeah, look, like definitely overs, I think. Around 15 to 17, I'd be shocked if it takes him that long to get back. It is a meniscus repair, so that does tend to take a little bit longer. A lot of the meniscus injuries, like Cam McInnes, for example, it's around a month if they just kind of trim it away. Um, but a repair, you're looking at usually around that three-month mark. That would put, put him in about around 10 to 12 uh, but once again, look, as you say, the Raiders, they're notorious for kind of putting the, the worst case scenario on a lot of their guys just to take a bit of pressure off them. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think we'll be seeing uh, Fogarty back sooner rather than later. Mate, let's talk about the big bit of gear up from North Queensland. Jason Taumalolo, we've heard quotes from Dean Young, Toddy Payton about how he's going to be in the 13 jersey again this year, which is good signs for Supercoach. They'll be getting big minutes out of him there. I believe there's been a hamstring injury coming into this season. I think he was running out of fucking hands to break last year. Where are we sitting on Taumalolo? Hey, look, like last year was just a ridiculous year for Taumalolo. I've literally never seen or heard of someone breaking their hands like three times in a season. Just absolutely crazy. Um, the hamstring injury, look, coming out of like, you know, preseason and stuff like that, it's normal for guys to have little niggles and, and different things. I do have a little bit of worry about a hammy um, just because they do tend to have a high re-injury rate, that kind of thing. So I'm pretty hesitant. Once again, I haven't like really dove into my classic side yet but I'm a bit hesitant I know he is at a discount I'm still a bit hesitant throwing him in there just because A I don't know whether I can trust Todd Payton but B that little bit of a niggling hammy the one thing that works in your favour with someone like this is that I almost would rather start with Kamalolo if I think he's going to be good because then even if he injures his hammy you're only wasting one trade to get him out Whereas if he, you know, kills it for the first three, four weeks and then I decide to bring him in and then he blows a hammy, I've just blown two trades sort of getting him in and out. So, look, I don't have, I'm not, he's not a bullet in my side. I'm not sort of sitting there going, definitely pick him because I do have some reservations. But I don't mind guys like that. You don't have too many of them in your starting side, obviously. But I don't mind a few guys like that with upside, like Tamalolo has, taking the punt and then going, oh, well, it's only one trade if I have to get him out. Mate, you left me with more questions than answers there just quietly on Taumalolo. I think we're all sort of sitting in the same boat. Mate, let's move over to the Parramatta Eels. Mike Asivo, uh, he's due back, I believe, around about the mid-season mark. I know a lot of draft players have him sitting on the pine, uh, waiting for him to return. What, what's the sort of expectation on him, and, and will he be the same sort of guy as soon as he returns? Yeah, so mid-season. Look, anywhere around that, I think round seven-ish is, is about seven and a half months, um, which is that, once again, that NRL average. So, seven to ten kind of range. I usually give it about a month. Uh, look, I very much doubt he'll be back to the Mike Acevo that we know and love sort of this season. His game is just so ACL heavy, right? Like he loves his change of direction, explosive, 
you know, speed, acceleration, jumping, landing, those kind of things. And, and that kind of that kind of stuff just takes time coming back off, of, you know, so long out of the game and so long in rehab. So, look, the good thing is he's at the end of a very, very, you know, potent Parramatta Eels back line. So he still should get, you know, some good tries out on that left wing. But I'd be surprised if he's knocking out the, you know, 10, 12 tackle buster game big line breaks, those kind of things, because, yeah, I think it'll just take him some time to get back to 100%. Mate, Sivo sounds like he's got sleeper written all over him for next year's draft day. Oh, huge, yeah. The second season back, I'm pretty much, if, if I'm in any draft, I'm just eyeing off those second season back guys for sure. Mate, let's talk about Raymond Fitala Mariner over at Canterbury. That's a pretty stacked forward pack. Um, you know, they've, they've obviously got Jack Hetherington playing in the second row. We've seen Corey Waddell there. We've seen Tavita Pango Jr., who's been back to his best very early. Uh, Raymond Fitala Mariner, I think he's got all the potential in the world. It's just injuries that keep on derailing him. When are we going to see him this year? Yeah, look, like some positive news with him because it's a nasty injury. It's one that can cause retirement. And I know that, you know, I don't say that lightly either because the navicular bone that he did fracture, it doesn't have a good blood supply. So it can actually kind of not heal really at all. And, and that can be a real problem. So I think he's aiming for about round three at this stage. He's someone who I wouldn't touch until he's had at least a month back in the NRL. Obviously for draft, I did pick him up. I said I said to the rubdown boys, he's one person I wouldn't draft. We were sitting around in our... Um, dud, uh, the draft duds league uh, at about round 17 or so and I'm like oh he's not bad there as an end of the bench stash but if you're in a pretty shallow league um, I, I'd, I'd be watching him for a month and seeing how he goes because yeah it, it is something that even when he does come back it still presents some risk for re-aggravation and re-injury Plenty of mouths to feed at Canterbury too I, I, I get where you're coming from Mate, Tessie New up at the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, he's been, you know, it looks like he was going to be the one all off season injury now. I actually heard today that he trained uh, full contact today at Broncos training. The, the stuff I've heard coming out of Broncos training today, though, has been bizarre. So God knows what on earth is going on there. Uh, is there a chance we see Tessie New name this afternoon or are you expecting him in a few weeks? One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Oh, look, like you could theoretically, because I think this is around three and a half, four weeks post-injury, which is kind of the earliest that you see from a hammy. To be honest, if he's named this afternoon, I'd be, like, I, I would feel worse about him being named this afternoon than if he's named in a couple of weeks. Because the major issue with hammies is re-injury. The earlier you come back from a hammy, the more likely you are to re-injure it. So... It's one of those ones I actually am more satisfied if they tend to take a little bit longer than expected. Um, so I'd feel more confident with Tessie if he's looking at around three to four return. It sounds like from what you're saying there that they might even be aiming a bit earlier, um, which, yeah, brings quite significant concern for me for re-injury. Uh, so, yeah, like an, and in their team, a perfect example was Katoni Staggs a couple of seasons ago before he blew out his ACL he came back from a grade two, so similar kind of injury in three weeks, which was just crazy at the time. And yeah, you know, subsequently re-injured it and wasn't real good. So 
yeah, it's it's one of those ones. The longer, the better, to be honest. Okay, I've got a couple of Tigers to throw at you here. Adam Dewey's the first one. When are we expecting his return? Yeah, similar to Mike Acevo, I think. The, the one consideration with Dewey is it's his second ACL injury in, in the last four or five years. There's quite a high risk of suffering a third, so they want to be like, nice and careful and conservative. But he's another one. Look, I'm not expecting you know him to light up the NRL when he does come back, even from mid-season. I think you know, taking a bit of time to get his feet and go from there. But once again, a, a good sleeper for next year. Jacob Little, I believe he's missing the first four weeks or so. Simpkins will come in, but I think it's pretty obvious that Madge's favourite at the moment is Jacob Little. Uh, are, are we still expecting him to see to come back around that round four sort of mark? Yeah, I was hearing some like a couple of whispers the other day that they're looking to get him back a bit sooner. Um, so they initially said sort of four to six weeks and, and it was reported that, you know, it was going to be four to six games. But then I think that's been revised to four to six weeks from when he suffered the injury, which was in that final trial. So that's two weeks before round one. So I'd say round two to three, it sounds like, is a, is a chance. The biggest thing with PCL injuries, mate, once again, like it's one of those ones where there is a risk of aggravation because coming back, you've got that PCL that isn't really doing its job all that well. You can still function, but it's just if you cop a knock to the knee and stuff like that, it can affect you a lot more um, and can aggravate you in game. So he's not someone who I'd be, you know, really hanging my hat on. I think even when he comes back, uh, there's too much risk there for me. Mate, one guy they're missing from their back line who, who I think he's got potential to be a genuine star. And I think that whilst he isn't a star right now, he definitely puts the Tigers' depth into question is Tommy Talau. I was very keen to see how he was going to go this season. When, when can we expect him back? Yeah, so similar to Dewey, I think he suffered his a little, like around the same time. They'll probably take their time with him, not because it's his second ACL, but because he's so young. Uh, and because he's such a gun, you know, they want to, I think they'll be, they obviously want him for this season, but I'd say they, like, they've got their eye on 2023 and beyond because, as you say, he's got so much potential. Mate, you mentioned before that Tane Milne, he's tipped to land a wing spot at South Sydney. We're expecting Jackson Paulo to be at left centre and Campbell Graham to be right centre. Uh, the one guy that I think could have maybe given that a bit of a shake was Isaiah Tass. He, of course, I believe he had some surgery done on his back during the off-season. I mean, we really haven't heard too much about this guy. I've been struggling to find information on when he is returning. Do you have anything on Tass? The early season. The, the biggest thing is it is a minor back surgery but any any kind of back especially in a young player like him you want to take your time and, and the the you know the rabbits certainly aren't struggling for outside backs you know they're they're, they're you know they've got guys like josh mansour who, who isn't even picked in the side so i i'd be looking at early rounds probably you know round one to four and it's a bit of a you know a wide range i know but that's because as you say there has been such limited information about it um, but even then, he's probably going to start slow coming off a back injury and that kind of thing. So I think he's more a mid-season kind of sleeper. He might pop up during the season with some injuries or something like that as a good downgrade option. Mate, let's talk about a couple of roosters here, Sawali and Billy Smith. What have you got on both of these two? Yeah, look, like they're both uh, apparently not going to be named this afternoon. That's not a surprise. Uh, Liz Frank injuries, they're like the ACL of the foot. They take their time to come back from... We had a guy, AJ Brimson, came back last year and the first six weeks averaged, I think, 15 to 20 points less than he did for the rest of the season coming back off a Liz Frank injury. So it just shows you that coming back from these injuries, it not only takes a while to recover from them, but then when coming back, the performance does suffer a little bit too. So 
they're guys who I'm expecting, you know, from round two to three onwards for a return. But even when they do return, I think you're going to have to rely pretty heavily on the fact that the Roosters are such a gun side to get their super coach and fantasy points. I don't think they'll be lining it up from a physical performance standpoint over those first three to four weeks. And the last guy I just want to ask you about, mate, Luke Keary, uh, obviously coming off an ACL, you've said a lot during this podcast that uh, there's a few guys that once they're returning from injuries, you're expecting their super coach scores, for example, to go down a little. Does he fit into that basket? Absolutely. Look, he, he's one. I, like when I say super coach scoring, see with, with Keary, the biggest thing is like he's obviously in the Roosters back line and anyone in the Roosters back line is as good a chance as anyone of, of absolutely lighting it up. The big thing we're talking about here is that I don't expect, especially because he's had that complication, that stress fracture over the off-season, which has reduced his running load. I just would be shocked if Kiri comes back and his running game is as potent as it usually is. It's probably going to take him some time to get back to that sort of thing. So he might still do well with his scoring in terms of laying on tries, you know, passes, that kind of thing. But he'll still, you know, he'll still want that, you know, those moles in his legs. So I'm thinking sort of a big second half of the season for Kiri is more likely. Brian, mate, as always, I appreciate having you on. One last thing, finish this sentence for me. Ryan Pappenhausen will play in round one. One, love it. Fucking love that shit. I almost hit my chin with my erection. Good to see. Mate, uh, thank you for coming on once again. We always appreciate having you on, and we'll be dragging you on uh, during the season. Just give everyone a, mi- a reminder once again, where can they find the Patreon and everything? Yeah, patreon.com slash Physio. Jump on board, guys. It's, uh, it's good fun. An unbelievable tool to have. Jeez, I would have been desperate to have it the last few years. Brian, thank you, mate. Appreciate it as always, and we'll catch up with you soon. Good night. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.